Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast, but you weren't sure where to begin? Anchor is the only tool that you will need. It has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, it's totally free. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, tablet, or computer. And if you haven't heard, they are connected directly to Spotify, so they make it super easy to distribute your podcast. And best of all, Anchor is completely free again. You can download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This this is why I don't record with my dogs in the room. This is Veronica, the host and writer of Mental History Podcast. Here we like to look at history and tell the stories through a lens of psychology. And of course, I have everybody's favorite, a little bit of true crime mixed in. If that is something that you're interested in, you'll definitely love this show. And I hope you follow us on mentalhistorypodcast.com as well as at Mental History Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. When I'm sitting down to record this episode, Mother's Day has just passed, and it got me thinking about how mothers have been the victim of unfortunate diet culture trends throughout history. And as always, like I said up top, we like to look at the events of history through a psychological lens, paying special attention to how people's mental health has been affected and how it has brought us to the stigmas that we have in our world today. And there are some elements of true crime here as we talk about a victim case that is quite shocking. I'm going to do a deep dive on the phenomenon of tabloid magazines. Uh, Along with this, we're going to be talking about a couple of fad and crash diets as we can see how diet culture has changed throughout history. The world of diets is ever-changing. Healthy eating has been the hot-button topic for the past decade. When we look at the media and Instagram, everything you can think of, it's diet culture. But where did these diets begin, and what makes us strive to look or eat a certain way? Today, we're going to take a deep dive into diet culture, where it began, how far it's come, and how much further we still have to go. As always, we're going to be taking a look at the mental health aspect of this and take a deep dive into some tabloid magazines, some crash diets, and the way that we have come to be today in the age of social media and every sort of media being focused around the fitness industry. Now, if you want my personal opinion, we have a very, very long way to go in this aspect, not just in regards to food, but in regards to eating disorders and diets and miracle weight loss. 
with wraps and pills and smoothies and shakes and everything that the people who are trying to sell you things try to sell you. And I'm here to tell you that miracle weight loss is not real. Crash diets are not sustainable and comparing yourself to others will only harm your mental health. So sit back and relax and we're going to go ahead and get started. With the influx of diet trends, the growth of social media, and the never-ending rat race that is following women and men everywhere, there is one truth that remains. The diet industry kills. It kills people's spirits, it kills people's confidence, and it just kills people. This might seem extreme to some of you, but as somebody who has struggled with her relationship with food and somebody who has struggled with mental health disorders, the two, unfortunately, often go hand in hand. I know personally a lot of people who have had firsthand experience with both of these aspects of their life, and they unfortunately feed off of each other, no pun intended. But as always, in order to look to the future and see how we can improve, we need to look back. So some of the earliest diet trends were much different from what we have today. But in my opinion, the impact on one's mental health was pretty much the same. Mothers, grandmothers, aunts and sisters were all in this sort of competition to look the best. You know, be the best dressed person at the event or at the wedding, at the party. Even sometimes a funeral, if your family is toxic, can become one of these places where everybody is competing to quote-unquote look the best. Now, best was different depending on what time period we're discussing, but it wasn't always to be as thin as possible. Times change, and with that, trends come and go. Vintage ads around the notion of being the perfect wife and mother were abundant beginning in the 1920s. And the trend back then was to not only be thin, but somewhat of a boyish figure complete with a flat chest was considered the picture of beauty and the pinnacle of health. Now, advertisers spoke words of being a better woman, a better wife, and most of all being a better mother, as if your looks have anything to do with this. Cigarettes were used as weight loss tools, diet pills were taken daily, and Coca-Cola had real cocaine in it. And it's no wonder that it seems like these women had superpowers taking care of a house, children, and demanding husbands with a smile on their faces. They never complained, at least outside of the house, they didn't complain. And a lot of people romanticized the area of the 40s and 50s housewife thinking that everything was just dandy. And I'm here to tell you, as always, history is not what it seems. The 1950s was an era of convenience. The urge to food prep was strong and a lot of food innovations took place during this era. Things like frozen waffles, special case cereal, uh, minute rice, anything you could think of that started that era of convenience probably started in the 50s. Now, this could have been due to the Cold War having a large impact on the food industry during this time, but I also think that there was a lot of advertising around pre-prepared foods being healthier for you. 
History kind of goes back and forth on this case where some people thought that homemade meals were healthier and I feel like we are back in that era now and other people really enjoy the chemical filled diet foods that you get those frozen TV dinners or anything canned. These were all very, very popular in the 50s. So the 60s brought a whole other form of diet culture. These started with uh, promoting alcohol for weight loss, any sort of spices, any kind of meal replacement shake. These all started to come out during this time. And in 1968, an issue of Life details diet pills had already come to replace drinks by the end of the 60s. So not that diet pills have stopped since then, but they were extremely popular. Things like the Scarsdale diet where they would do low carb and Atkins diet, which was also low carb. Um, anything like this kind of started to become more popular in the 60s. And things like belt massagers, anything that you could think of when it comes to those more fad diets, um, the things that we see today like Weight Watchers, those originated in the 60s. So to me, I see a link here from the 20s where everybody was trying to be thin and we go up to the 50s where people are trying to be healthy and now in the 60s, we are trying to drop weight again. And I know I missed a couple of decades, but the 20s are iconic and we are in 2022, so I had to start there. So the 70s kind of took a different turn from being low carb to low fat. There was a lot of studies around this time where fat was considered a really, really bad thing. Um, and I understand that now we are still in that mindset, but I've seen a lot of nutritionists come around to the notion of healthy fats and the difference between those and trans fats in your body. But in the 70s, diet pills were still rampant, grapefruit diet was still rampant, pineapple diet was still a thing. All of these fad diet and weight loss trends were still very much hanging out during this decade. And now we've gone from the 90s to another anti-carb movement. Uh, the Atkins diet is still going strong. It actually made a pretty big comeback in the 90s, and it's still around today. And in the 2000s, we went to some liquid cleanses where we were juicing, and everybody just thought that you could flush your body straight out with vitamins without bulging your stomach. And in some cases, this is helpful, but if you have a working liver or kidneys, I assure you, your body is detoxing. So now that we're about halfway through the episode, I just want to hop on and thank everybody for listening. If you could subscribe, leave me a review, especially if it's five stars, that always helps me anywhere where you listen to your podcasts. And please don't forget to share with your friends, anybody that you think would like this podcast, definitely please, please share it with them. Um, I know that we have a little bit more of a niche subject matter here, but there's got to be more of me out there that loves psychology, history, and true crime all wrapped up together with a little bit of humor. There's got to be more of me out there. 
So if you want to request a topic, send me a question, send me a voice message, anything that you would like, reach out to me at my email. It's veronica at mentalhistorypodcast.com. Our website is mentalhistorypodcast.com and we are at Mental History Podcast on all social media. Thanks for listening. So I'm going to go off script here and talk a little bit candidly to you guys because this is one of my favorite things to do when I'm researching. I have a lot to say and anybody who knows me probably knows that and that's why I went and transformed my weekly wellness blog into Mental History, the podcast that then has a blog so that I can talk a little bit more freely and a little bit more openly about my opinions, which I have a lot of, if you haven't noticed. Diet culture is something that is harmful. We know this. We have gone over this. We have seen it in the news. We have seen it time and time again on social media. We know that diet culture can be very harmful and a one-way track to an eating disorder. I don't enjoy talking about the darker aspect of history or celebrities or true crime or anything that you can think of, but there's always a darker side. There are always things that the public will not tell you, and there are always things that you just don't know until you look it up yourself. Unfortunately, this is also the case for diets like keto and Atkins and Weight Watchers. Every sort of diet, unfortunately, if you do it incorrectly, which a lot of them are designed to do, you are going you're going to fail. They are not made for you to succeed. If you were able to lose 150 pounds, the diet industry would no longer need your money. They would no longer be able to take your money because you have learned to eat sustainably. Whole fruits and vegetables are easier said than done when you don't have access to the proper nutrition. And a lot of places, even in America, do not have access to food. This is something that I notice on a daily basis because I happen to work at a nonprofit. And it is something that I will never forget no matter where I go in life. I will always take the subject of food insecurity with me. And it's impossible to talk about the diet culture industry without talking about the fitness industry. And I might have some hot takes here, but I love fit TikTok. I love seeing all those videos. They really, really motivate me. But something that doesn't motivate me is seeing these juice cleanses and high protein to the point where your stomach can't even process all of the protein that you're taking in. Now, if you're building muscle, that's one thing, but I think that the fitness industry definitely has a lot of manipulation. We're going to be talking about Instagram today because that was developed in regards to tabloids and everything kind of comes together, but hear me out. Fitness Instagram needs to tone it down. We need to stop constantly being in competition with one another. We need to just chill out. And if you have your own PR, that is great. And you need to take that and run with it. No pun intended. <laughs> There's a lot of food and fitness puns I can make that I'm just figuring out now. But when we see these before and after pictures, 
you have to realize that Photoshop is a thing. Photoshop has been a thing. Photoshop and manipulating the pose that you're doing, wearing different clothes, having a different facial structure, everything is calculated when somebody is trying to sell you something. And that's what the diet industry is all about. So I just want to keep that in mind when we are going through our victim case, when we're going over tabloids, when we're going over Instagram And when I wrap everything up, I promise it will all make sense, but I'm just kind of throwing out some thoughts at you right now. So the first thing that I want to talk about is I wanted to address tabloid magazines. I know that we have seen tabloid magazines everywhere ever since we have been growing up. They've been around for a long, long time. And one of the things that tabloid magazines talk about is weight loss. Now, it's not inherently weight loss that is the problem because I don't have anything against people who want to lose weight or choose to lose weight. My problem is with the media and the way that they portray these celebrities who have actual real bodies, and it is still a problem today. This wasn't something that just happened in the 90s and 2000s when being as thin as possible was the standard of beauty. Um, Even though the beauty standard has shifted, we're still seeing tabloid magazines and kind of these slander posts, um, even on Instagram starting where people will post photoshopped pictures of themselves to look smaller and if you think it doesn't happen to your favorite celebrity uh it happens if you google them um with instagram versus reality anybody at all kim kardashian any celebrity that you follow they photoshop their pictures or their team photoshops their pictures And the reason that this is a problem is it has completely warped our sense of reality and what a normal natural body is supposed to or can look like Now, obviously, not everybody in this world is a model, and I think Kim Kardashian was beautiful before she had work done, and that was her choice to get that done. However, I don't know that every celebrity today or fitness influencer that's posting on Instagram is giving the right message. If you truly believe in fitness, you should believe in all aspects of wellness, and one of those aspects is taking care of your mental image and taking care of how you see yourself. If every picture you have has a filter on it, if every picture you are posing so that every single one of your muscles is flexed and men and women both do this, you're not going to know what you actually look like. And that is how body dysmorphia and eating disorders can take over. And all of these influencers They get into these modes of cutting and bulking and especially in the fitness industry and a lot of people don't believe that they have an eating disorder because they look quote unquote healthy and that is not the case. That is simply not true. An eating disorder is any disordered way of eating and I wrote about that back on my blog a while ago. Uh, An eating disorder is not as clear cut or black and white as it might seem if you are not experienced in it. Um, Any form of strict calorie counting or any form of extreme overeating can also be an eating disorder. Since we're talking about fitness influencers and we're talking about tabloids, I thought we would go into Instagram and see how it's changed through the years because it started off pretty tame. It was pretty small. Um, When it was developed, it wasn't very When it was developed, it wasn't anything like it is today. Um, As we know, Instagram is owned 
Facebook and they are kind of the powerhouse to everything social media right now. So I'm not sure where this phenomenon came from of posting every single thing on social media and posting every single great thing on social media because you can get addicted to that dopamine. If you are getting likes and instant gratification and comments and everything that you could want, your brain is going to get addicted to that. You're going to get addicted to that rush. You're going to get addicted to that dopamine. And if you ever get to a point where you cannot top what you have done previously, it is going to crush you. So that confidence needs to come within yourself. Your confidence needs to come from within yourself. This is in regards to looks. This is in regards to eating habits. This is in regards to spirituality. This is in regards to just who you are as a person. If you do not love and care for yourself, nobody else will. And that's what I'm here to tell you. And that's what we're going to talk about when we go into our victim case today. Um, we have a couple different ones, but the first one I want to talk about is Eloise Perry. So back in 2015, Eloise Perry was a student in the UK, and she was only 21 at the time. She lived in Shrewsbury, and she actually died in the hospital on April 12th after becoming pretty sick. So what she decided to do was, due to some horrible disease of not feeling good enough, and I think that everybody can relate um, who's listening to this because we've all had those periods where we just feel, if we just had this magic fix, if I could just lose 10 pounds by tomorrow, if I could just get all this money by tomorrow, everything would be fine. But that's not the reality of it, and that is not the way that anything in life works, unfortunately. Um, and Miss Perry tried to basically binge one last big last supper, if you will, and then she proceeded to purge all of that. And she repeated this process all night. And at, after all of that, um, you can imagine when your body is sick, the feeling of purging and the feeling of your stomach emptying is a really triggering feeling. And it's a very, very tight feeling and it's very uncomfortable. So on top of all that, she took four diet pills after the binging and purging. And then when she woke up, she took another four. Now, her mom knew that she was receiving prescription medicine um, for some other issues that she had, some other diagnoses, but she didn't know that her daughter was self-diagnosing and taking these pills that were not prescribed to her. Unfortunately, Eloise passed away in the hospital. Now, she was aware of the DNP capsules that were being taken were harmful to her. She was aware of this, but she thought that losing weight was worth the risk. She thought that if she could just get a little bit skinnier, that she would be okay, and it wouldn't matter what was in these pills. Now, the DNP is also um, a very, very harmful substance, and it's described online as the devil's cut agent. Basically, it's completely fatal, and there was unfortunately no way the doctors could save Eloise. And at only 21 years old, 
this happened to her. She was so warped by the world around her that told her to look a certain way that she died. And that is what I mean when I say diet culture and eating disorders kill people every single day. So while it was too late for Eloise, and it is too late for so many women, men, boys, and girls all around this world to heal from their eating disorders, I do want to talk about a survivor today. And that's not always usual for me. However, this survivor was a Penn State student in the summer of 1999. This survivor's name was Sarah Shaw. And just a trigger warning, if you do decide to Google pictures, they can be very triggering because she was only 82 pounds. She was to the point where her heart rate started slowing down and her organs started to shut down. Now, how did Sarah get in this situation? Her parents weren't sure. They really didn't know. Um, nobody truly knew what Sarah was going through at the time. You see, when somebody is suffering with an eating disorder, they will most likely hide it. When Sarah began battling anorexia, she was 12 years old. And at age 19, she had to come to the realization that if she didn't get better, if she didn't heal, and if she didn't start to love the body that she was in, she would die. And all throughout this, Sarah was denying that she had an eating disorder. When somebody has body dysmorphia, they don't see themselves the way that everybody else does. They could be, quite literally in this case, 82 pounds and think that they were still too big. They thought that they were still too big to love, too big to live a great life, and too big to have control over anything in their life. Restricting food intake is unfortunately a symptom of feeling the need to have control over something. And this can be rooted in any court, any sort of trauma. But in Sarah's case, she was eating as little as 400 calories a day. And in addition to that, she was burning twice that with constant exercise. Constant exercise. She was living as if she was going to die. She didn't know that she was going to die, but she felt sick. She felt extremely sick. Sarah was worn out. She was tired. She could barely focus. And these are all symptoms of eating disorders. Especially with anorexia, your body is not getting enough nutrients. You're barely getting any nutrients. You can't function properly. Your muscles, your brain, your skin, your organs... You cannot function properly without enough nutritious food, without enough water, without enough sugar, salt, everything that is in food, we need to a certain degree to function. You need carbs 
to function. You need protein to function. You need healthy fats to function. Food is not your enemy here. And that is something I want to stress throughout this episode. While Sarah survived and she came back from this quite literal near-death experience, so many people are not as lucky as her. Their diseases go unnoticed. They walk amongst you every day. They may have seemingly high self-esteem, and that's a facade. Really, really, really pay attention to your friends, to your family, to anybody who you may know that seems to have a strained relationship with food because they could be struggling more than you could ever imagine. So besides paying attention and being aware, what can we do to help those around us? And if you're someone who's struggling with an eating disorder, please feel free to reach out to me or um, check resources on my website or of my source notes. There are resources there. I can only imagine how it feels and how alone it will feel to be trapped in your own body, to not see yourself the way that others see you, to not even be able to comprehend that you are worthy of love just the way you are. One of the things that we can really do is when we take to social media, we can reframe our brains and we can reframe the way that we look at others. If you see somebody posting who you wish you had their body, you need to identify that thought and wonder, why do you feel like that? Why do you feel like your body is not good enough? And I'm here to tell you, that once you start this journey of self-care and once you start trying to get to the root of these eating issues and these confidence issues and these happiness issues, your life will quite literally change. You will see food differently and you will see yourself differently and you will see others differently. It's not easy, but it can be done. And I think that true change will start with you. Another thing that you can do is when you're following creators on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, anywhere that you follow anyone, (coughs) just check out their content beforehand. Check them out. Make sure they're not peddling diet pills or shakes or wraps or any of that shit that doesn't work anyways. And we will get into MLMs in another episode, I assure you. If somebody is trying to sell you something, they have a motive to not be honest with you. And while I don't believe that everyone who's trying to sell you something is dishonest, I think that's something to keep in mind on the internet, especially. Scammers have gotten more complex and they have blended in with the rest of the crowd. And a lot of them come in the form of fitness influencers and coaches and people who are trying to sell you these shakes and wraps and drinks and food programs and eating plans and exercise classes that don't actually work. If the person that is promoting these does not actually use their resources that they have developed and that they have available to them, don't trust them. 
I think change starts with us and the way that we view everybody on social media and the way that we have to realize that just because somebody's picture is out there doesn't mean that that's what they look like in real life. And like I said, once we start to reframe our mindset, we can really get a grasp on how warped our view of the world really is. When you remove yourself from the toxic diet culture and from needing to meet a certain number on the scale, and you start eating for you, and I'm not saying go and eat (laughs) McDonald's every day or, um, you know, don't, don't eat 10 pounds of chocolate every day. That's not good for you. But what also isn't good for you is skipping meals and skipping snacks and thinking twice when your kids ask you to get ice cream with them. Or maybe you are at a party and they have cake and you really, really want a piece of cake and you're denying yourself that. And what's going to happen is the next time you're alone with cake, you're going to have two or three pieces. It has to start with healing your relationship with food. When you have healed your relationship with food, you can start to heal your body, you can start to heal your mind, and you will see the world in a different way. There are more resources on my website, mentalhistorypodcast.com. We are at Mental History Podcast on Instagram. And thank you, thank you, thank you so, so much. Um, This episode will be going up on YouTube. It will be on Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon Music. Um, I think it's on Pocket Cast. And we are not quite on Apple yet. So forgive me for that. But thank you so very much. If you are interested, please subscribe. Please leave me a rating. Please leave me a comment anywhere where you get your podcast. That will really, really help me out. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope that this journey that we went on wasn't too, <laughs> wasn't too uh, crazy. <laughs> Sometimes I kind of speak all over the place, but I think we got to the point. So I'll look it over in editing. Thank you for listening.